0: Welcome back to the Gnome Boys, everybody. Matt Hambage here with Dirk and Neil. Got a little simple episode, pretty straightforward uh, this week, going over some NFL talk. You know, the draft just happened, so we'll maybe do some quick hits on the on the Vikings and Packers, maybe some other big picks, and then maybe go over some fantasy football news and notes and maybe how we might see the draft draft picks and results playing out. But I think to start, we've got to, we've got to start with the boys here, their favorite current NFL news topic and that's their their guy aaron Rodgers wanting out of green bay i'm a vikings fan we- so i think <laughs> it, it goes without saying how i feel about this one so uh i'll let, I'll let the resident packer fans take can, it from wait, here for now
1: if you two don't mind before we neil and me poor neil and i get super sad can we maybe get a harry potter update because i i want to push out the sadness for as long as i can
2: Oh, Dirk, you did miss that uh, before, before we hopped on. I said there was going to be no Harry Potter update today.
1: Well, then I guess we're just jumping into (laughs) doom doom and gloom here. Great. Neil, you can go first. Uh, It
2: was certainly a bit of a shock to see that. Uh, I think the news popped up on draft day, if I'm correct. Right. Either that day or the day before.
1: Yeah, I think it was around 1 p.m. on draft day, if I remember right. correctly. <laughs>
2: uh it was it was certainly a bit of a shock. Um, I knew he's expressed and like made jabs at the Packers organization in the past about them not doing things that he saw fit. Uh, but I just never thought it would come down to this. Um, I don't know, Dirk, what's your overview before we can even dive deeper here
1: yeah so i as i'm sure you have too, neil i've probably thought about it way too much over the last few days and i've come to the conclusion. well you go
2: on twitter every two minutes to look at updates and see what people say <laughs> so i think that's part of
1: the problem too That's definitely part of the problem for <laughs> sure but after i would say yesterday i real because it's just people yesterday especially with the start of a new week start of a new news cycle it, it just was people repeating the exact same things that have already been said so I'm like, mm-hmm. I got, I'm, i I'm done thinking about this and talking about it until. No, you're right. Like today. no,
2: <laughs> nothing new or no new news has come out of it. It's right. just people repeating it and being like
1: yep, speculating.
2: Oh, now so-and-so said this. So yeah. now like the, whereas, like AJ Hawk was like, oh, no way he's retiring. And like yeah. all of a sudden, like, all right, let's speculate that. Let's everyone have their, put their own twist on that now.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. But at, at the end of the day, it's all the, the actual concrete stuff that's been, or sources, I guess, that's been the information that's been said. It's all the same thing. It's that, you know, Rogers is upset about, clearly upset, which which I understand, about Jordan Love and the lack of communication there. But then at the same time, it's like, well, dude, because I guess what's come out recently is that he, he's he been pissed off about the lack of communication, right? With like Jay Kumaro and him, him being excited about him uh, last year. And then the day after he vocal or publicly vocalizes his his excitement of Kumaro, he gets cut. So it's clear that there, there's a lack of communication between the front office and Rodgers. But at the same time, I think you do have to realize that the front office, Goot, Mark Murphy, they're all they're doing what's best for the franchise, not what's not what's best for Aaron Rodgers. Which I guess is also a bigger question because Rodgers probably wants more help on offense, et cetera. But it's all—it's all just been a huge mess. It sounds like behind the scenes, and it just, as a Packers fan, it's just upsetting and frustrating that it's now leaked out um, to the world to see. Because then you have the national media, just like you were saying, you know, just speculating and going off on like random, like thoughts and tangents, which they don't know any. They just are hearing from sources or hearing from somebody else's sources, what's going on. And they don't actually know that, you know, it's like, they don't actually cover the Packers. They cover the national football league. So it just, it's been frustrating for me. Like you said, Neil, seeing all these same things just being said and people speculating on things where it's like, we don't, Rogers is the most private person ever, it seems like. Like he, he keeps a lot of things to himself. So it's like, until you actually hear from him, like who knows what's going on, I guess. And until this is resolved, who knows what's actually I mean, he might
2: scenes. be, but his his brother certainly isn't. Just yeah, crowding exactly. him, uh, and <laughs> yeah. on the bachelorette. I think
1: that's like where I, that's where that comment came from. Like, if he, since he had a brother that went on the bachelorette and ex- exposed all that dirty laundry, and he still d- hasn't said anything publicly about it, it's like, well, he clearly keeps some things to himself for sure.
2: And I get what. So Rogers pretty much just wants to be known that he's set up for the future that they're fully committed. Which I mean, they verbally say that but when he's going to making essentially threats being like, it's either me or the GM one, one's got to go. It's like, all right, dude, you're not in that position to do stuff like that. Like they're still doing everything that's in the best interest of the team. They're doing it. You know, they're help trying to help it. They want you to be there for the future. They want to give
0: you the team to do that, but you got to trust them. Yeah. Have they done a lot though, to earn that trust? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the Jordan love draft pick, from Roger's eyes, at least, I don't know if that is what started it all or if it kind of was simmering below the surface. And then that kind of set him off at that point. And then he goes off and has one of the best, like statistics ever. I think if they would have, I guess, um, made him aware
2: that that was happening, right? It wouldn't have been much bad blood. But from what it sounds like, he had no idea this was happening. He felt blindsided by it, I guess, uh, maybe uh, betrayed in a way. And I think that's what kind of like cut him deep with that, which then that aspect, like if I put it myself in his shoes with that, I, I understand that like you're yeah. drafting a guy, you're drafting quarterback in the first round that you traded up for. You're drafting my replacement. So I, I literally just watched you do that without you telling me.
1: Yeah. See, I, I completely agree with that, that if behind the scenes, all like that whole situation, it seems like clear, was not communicated clearly to him. So he's pissed off about it. I definitely get that. Um, and, and I understand for sure from Roger's point of view about that. But I I personally don't subscribe to the national media's take of, oh, the Packers haven't helped Rogers enough. They haven't drafted a first-round wide receiver in however many years. Okay, that's fine. But sure, sure. Would a, another great wide receiver help because Devontae would be more open or vice versa? Yes, of course. But at the same time, they had the tight end with the most touchdowns last year, a top arguably five running back. They resigned one of the top left tackles in the NFL resigned Devonte Adams, maybe the top wide receiver in the NFL still on the team. Like he, he has weapons around him. He's not doing everything by himself. Yeah.
2: Like when have they not been a top 10 offense, right. assuming Rogers is healthy all year. I mean, right. they wanted. A, they, I mean, the defense was the, a big liability for all those years too.
1: Right. Agreed. Agreed. And, and that, you watch the, when you watch the NFC championship game last year, you're not saying like, Oh, uh, another wide receiver really would have put him over, over the edge. Like if they would have just, what's his name? Holman. I think if you would have just caught that interception at the end of the first half, okay. Not a touchdown. If Kevin King didn't get burned at the next play, not a touchdown, you know, like there, there's so many things. Devontae didn't drop that one touchdown at the first, in the first half, they would have won, or at least been tied. Like there were so many other things that, that happened that, you can blame things on, but the easy route and the route that the national media at least seems like is like, Oh, they haven't given him any help on offense. So that's why that's why they're not in the super bowl.
0: I love it. (laughs) I, I love, I mean, one of the saddest things about being a Vikings fan for 30 years is so many of our best moments. Have been moments like this <laughs> when there's drama in the Packers on the Packers side, like when when Brett Favre left, and then when you went to the Jets, then finally came to Minnesota. You know, kind of picking picking up your scraps, and then you know you got Rodgers pissed off when they draft Jordan Love. Rodgers pissed off for whatever reason or many reasons this time. So I'll take the victories where I can, but I do recognize how how sad it is as a fan base when this is what gets us hyped up. I'll tell you
2: what though, that favre to Sydney Rice connection was the real deal. Like yeah, they, they really definitely. made it. And then having AP and part of his prime did not, yep. did not disappoint either.
0: And then it all came crashing down.
2: <laughs> I yeah, mean, it, it came down crashing in the best way possible because Favre throws the interception, just like he did two years prior against the jets to go to the super or the not the jets, yeah. the giants to go to the super bowl.
1: Yep. I was at that game. It sucked. Were you really? <laughs> <laughs> like, for you guys, yeah, I was with my uncle and cousin. That was, it was very cold. <sighs> and it got so colder. we would have been sen-
2: seniors in high school, right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight season. Uh, but yeah, I guess what... like after my my or go ahead Neil, and then I'll tell you my not not to backtrack. Here, but what was it? What did the, what was the vibe
2: like leaving that stadium after that game?
1: Well, if I remember correctly, um, I think they kicked a field goal to tie it. Right? Isn't that what happened? I believe the Packers were down, kicked a field goal to tie it, and then Favre got the ball. I want to say in overtime. I could be wrong. I could be. Yeah, we got it though. back, and then he yeah. threw
2: an interception.
1: And then like, I think it was at like at like midfield, and the Packers, from what I remember, kicked a field goal to tie, got the ball, we're at like midfield, and I was like, oh, this is like this is perfect. Brett Favre, he's you know he's gonna. gunslayer, man. I was, yeah, he's, he's thinking, gonna do it. I was thinking more of like, he's a veteran legend who has fourth quarter comebacks, has two minute drives uh for 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 the win. So I'm um, I'm more on the side of like, oh, this is meant to be. Like he's getting old, like he's going to get to a second super or win a second Super Bowl, blah blah blah. But then like he throws that pass, the interception, and it's like, oh shit. There there's a Brett Favre gunslinger that everybody talks about. Probably similar to your feelings handbone with the Vikings that that game too.
0: It was more the AP fumble for me. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. And and you know the Saints literally trying to murder Brett Favre. That, yeah, that wasn't yeah, that great was, either. Uh, not, that was quite interesting. I'm out. definitely not putting the full blame on the whole whole bounty yeah. gate of it all, you know. But
1: also not an de- exaggeration. definitely
0: definitely put a part in it. Yeah, but that didn't cause Favre to throw the throw one of his famous picks or AP to fumble at the worst possible time.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, but I guess speaking of Brett Favre, so my
1: I was rambling. Neil asked a, cons- a question I could have answered concisely, and I. My thoughts started to come out of the whole situation, <laughs> but I guess to answer that question a little more concisely is I really do understand Rogers uh, perspective on it all or point of view on it all. Cause it is like similar to far it's like, and I read some tweet. Um, I think it was from Andrew Brandt who like used to work for the Packers. He's, he's a great fellow on Twitter, whether you're a Packers fan or, not, fan or not, but he had a lot to do with like contracts and things with the Packers back in the day and was a part of the Rogers and Favre situation. And he, I believe it was him who said that Favre's camp was basically like, do you know what it's like to come in every day and to be prepared to live in the moment, to get ready for the next game, but also to be working with your like clear replacement in Rogers. Like that's incredibly hard. And then now it's Rogers. It's the same thing happening with Rogers, but not the difference there is that Favre, you know, as everybody knows going back and forth retirement, like all the wishy-washy stuff Rodgers just became, he was the MVP of the league last year. So it's like, wait a second. I'm the best player in the NFL, but I'm also a placeholder in my own franchise. Like that, that clearly I would imagine weighs on
0: him quite a bit. It would have to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't see how it wouldn't.
1: But then at the same time, like I think Neil said earlier, like I I definitely appreciate um, the Packers looking, looking towards the future and um, putting the franchise first. But then again, it's so hard because at the same time, it's like, well, one game away from the super bowl the last two years, like God, maybe we did need somebody else on, on offense or on defense or whoever it was and not Jordan love in the first round last year. So it's all, it, and then it's all just people talking because love hasn't even played a preseason season snap yet. Like who knows what, what's, what they have in love. It's all, it's such Hopefully, a nothing great. If I'm, if I'm, <laughs> I, think the, the I think
2: the best way to put it is like, we get both sides. Yeah. We think both sides are right and wrong at the same time. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it just as such, I understand if Rogers leaked it or if not, I understand like, you know, there's leverage involved here and all that stuff, especially right before the draft. And so it's just a situation that as a Packers fan sucks. <laughs> and as a Vikings fan handbone. I'm sure you're kind of enjoying the moment.
0: I want him to go somewhere else so I can actually cheer for him. He would be one of my favorite players if he was on any other team, <laughs> yeah. but, but the Packers. That's fair. That's and crazy. even still it's it's hard, it's hard not to like he's so good, he's so he's so fun to watch that the the rivalry is only just enough to stop me from actually rooting for him. Because yeah. anytime they do well, it's bad for the Vikings. But yeah, if you went if you went to like Denver, which is obviously the yeah. the strong rumor right now, that offense would be ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to poten- uh, potentially ridiculous with the receivers they have, you know, Jerry, Judy, um, Cortland Sutton coming back from, from injury. Hopefully Noah fant
1: that, that I mean, and even Melvin Gordon, like he's only, I think Melvin Gordon's like 27, maybe. And he I isn't
2: know, man. Melvin Gordon might be on, on the way out. We'll, we'll touch yeah, base on be. that later though.
0: But, but, but I guess from just a, from a general, real football perspective, yeah you know, if you've got yeah. Melvin Gordon, even at, at a 50, 50 split with a, yeah. a competent
1: running back. And yeah. all those other weapons
0: like, yeah, that, that Denver offense could be something else.
1: So speaking of that handbone, and and Neil and I obviously are probably a little more invested in the situation than you. So we've been texting about it uh, the last few days. What would you, what would be the deal as a, as a Packers fan, it probably pains you to think about this handbone. but as a Packers fan, or as just the Packers in general, put what your would cheese you, head on. Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> love that. Neil. <laughs> Um, you look good in a cheese handbone. <laughs> but anyways, what what would be what would you take from the bra? Like what would what would get you to be like, all right, I'll try Jaron Rodgers for that package?
0: I think it kind of depends how you view Jordan Love. Like if you're because I, I doubt they would want so if they go, if they go to the Broncos, they they're not looking for drew lock or anybody to come back for like a backup quarterback in that deal. So they, they have to be rolling with love as their starter.
1: Well, Teddy and, maybe for like a year, Ted, Teddy, sorry. Side note. Yeah. I, Teddy I, seems like I, a I, placeholder. Like I poor Teddy.
0: Yeah. I, I just can't see, see them taking him unless he's like a throw in player that Denver's yeah. like, we'll do this deal, but you got to take Teddy too.
1: And, and, and I guess now I haven't thought about this much, but thinking out loud, like I, that wouldn't be the worst because if Jordan, like if somebody gets hurt or if Jordan love if they really don't think he's ready then whatever. Just play Teddy, I guess for the year.
0: I feel like though, if, if they brought in Teddy Bridgewater and then didn't start Jordan love. <laughs> yeah.
1: That says a lot. Even it if it's the correct a lot.
0: decision. Yeah. It says a lot. And the, I can't see the fan base being happy with that. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to trade Rodgers, they have to start Love. And, yeah, and it doesn't and, help And that. I think it it depends on how they feel about him. If they think that he can lead them to 9, 10, 11 wins and get into the playoffs um with the team as is, then maybe you just take draft capital, some some strong ca- some so- strong draft yeah. picks. But if if they think he might be uh capped out at 7-8, but they think if they get another impact receiver or something like that defensive yeah. player that can maybe get them into the playoffs, you know, kind of just over the hump, then that might be it. You know, I've, I've never been good at projecting trades or think of what would make a good deal or bad deal. But I think a lot of it would hinge on where they see love development and, yeah. and where he's at with the team as is, you know, if they're thinking about if Rogers just retired just just to say and so they didn't get anything in return where would the team be and then what pieces would they need to add to get them to that next level then what what can they get out of that grouping of whatever they deem that to be from the broncos
1: yeah yeah i think that's fair i think that and it was Gut. um so so the gm of the packers i should have said earlier gutenquist he came out i think it was yesterday maybe and and Again, this is all, this is why it's all just like, I guess, dumb in the end. Cause it's like, who knows what, what these people actually mean or what's going on behind the scenes, but he did for what it's worth. He said something like, you know, we're happy with Jordan and impressed with his progression, blah, 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 whatever. But he was like, for lack of a better, I guess, words right now, he basically was like, yeah, we, like he's not ready to be the starter. And he didn't say it like that. Of course, it was a little um, more sugar coated. But that's what all like the beat writers and stuff and all the beat writers and stuff I follow on Twitter were saying like, yeah, last year in practice, like he's not ready to play. So that kind of goes back to what you're saying, Hambone, of like, that would be something to trade and get a bunch of draft capital and whatever. But then be like, okay, Teddy Bridgewater, go ahead and play. Not Jordan
0: Love. How many years did Rogers sit behind Favre? I can't remember. Was it two? I think it was three.
2: Three. I I think it was three as well.
0: Yeah, I mean you can do that with love, but if you couldn't really do that with Teddy.
1: Yeah. It seemed like from I mean you
0: could, but the reaction would not be great. Right, right. I, right. I can't see it being at least.
1: It seems like from, from everything I read just just about um Rogers Rogers um what you call it, contract. From everything I read, the plan seemed to be um or like quietly the plan was we'll give Rogers last year and this year. And then I'll get rid of him or trade him or whatever else, because there's something about like guarantees and and whatever that it worked out that after this coming season, getting rid of Rogers or trading him like the, the contract situation, that's how it worked out basically. And then you have Love sitting for two years and learning and progressing and things like that. And then clearly Rogers is like, Nah, nope, I'm going to control this now. So,
0: I mean, only to a point though, because because it, it's not like he it's not like this is his last season yeah. necessarily. Like how many more years is his contract? Do they have a player option after this, something like that? Or is this the last, is this now the last year?
1: No, he has this. Is, he's in a second year of four, but after this year, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like, I don't know if he has any more guar- guaranteed money after this year.
0: Okay. Something so like I mean, that. he can kind him? of control it, but only to a point. It's not like they either trade him now and get something in return or lose him in free agency after the season and get nothing. You know, well, no, because he, he's if still if he's, under if, contract. If, yeah, right. So he's under team control. Oh, yeah. So, so, so he, I mean, he has the leverage in saying he could just not play, right? But he it's, can't. It's, nec- he can't necessarily force his way out.
1: Yeah, it's basically doing what what Carson Palmer did um, years ago to the Bengals of like, yeah. I, Neil's nodding, like he knows. Of like, Carson and he, Carson Palmer, to his credit, he was like, yeah, I'm not. Don't care. Not playing. And he just sat out until they traded him to the Raiders. And then with the whole Jeopardy thing, like everyone's speculating like, oh,'ll we'll just go host Jeopardy and retire for a year and then be like, see." And then, and then the Packers get nothing. So I don't know. <laughs> it's a mess.
0: How would that work contractually? If he retired or you know retired for mm-hmm. a year and did whatever, whether it's hosting Jeopardy or just hanging out, and then he came back, would he still be under that Packers contract?
1: I believe it's one year that the Packers have the rights after you retire. So his move would be, I'm going to retire. And then next year he can go wherever. Is that right now?
2: Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause I know before the Colts, this is what came up before they made the trade this year, they reached out to um, Andrew Luck, making sure he wasn't going to come back. And I don't know if that's, cause that was one year, right? Yep. That was just one year. So maybe like they were like almost to that threshold where it's going to be over a year where yeah. he announced it before they traded for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, I, but no, I'm not a hundred percent. I mean, you're probably right. I, I just, I just don't know. I don't know on my end if that's uh, for sure. Correct.
1: I, I think, and I guess I should have looked into it more. I, I believe it's, If you retire and after, if you retire, then for the next year, um, the Packers would still have his rights, and and it maybe it depends on the contract and stuff. Uh, It probably does, but um, I think it's after a year his his rights would be up, um, from the Packers side of things at least. Then he could go sign with whoever. I think. I mean, no, I mean
2: that makes sense. That like there's some kind of like limitations of how long the team has rights to him after they retire.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's something that
2: um, I mean can we think of any other player that's like retired and then come back besides Brett Park <laughs> yeah so
0: was that more than a year or was it just one year and then he I came think it back? was just one year right yeah but I also don't remember what his contract was if he was at the end of a contract and then retired so then when he came back it was free and clear or if he had to clear anything. I don't remember how that worked, how that, how he, where he was at, but yeah, it, it would complicate things for sure. I mean, cause not that contracts are super straightforward, at least to casual fans anyway. You anyway, yeah. add some, something like this, if you retire in the middle of a contract.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I'd, I'd imagine there's a way, you know, for teams to protect themselves from that, because then it's like, if I'm like, even like 20, like if I'm Deshaun Watson, for example, take away all, of course, all of his like legal, um, situ- like off the field issues, which is just terrible in, in and of itself, but take away that if I'm him and I just signed a huge deal with the Texans, why, why wouldn't I just retire at 25 for a year? And then when I'm 26, I'm, I'm going to go sign with the Patriots or whoever. So there's got to be something for the teams to protect themselves from that. Right.
0: Well, don't you have to apply for reinstatement?
1: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: So I don't know what the guidelines are on that, but I feel yeah. like if, if Watson is a great example for that, if he retired right now, it's clearly because, right, of what's happening. And then he just then, if all this, just say all his legal issues go away, then he comes back the next year. Yeah, and then he and then he signs you know, whatever he wants. Yeah, there have there have to be something yeah to protect the teams, and to avoid the players just taking advantage of that. I don't know that many would because I feel like it's you're losing a lot of goodwill doing that, but in the perfect storm of, this, of situations, maybe they would would try it. But yeah, there's got to be... It, it comes up so rarely that there's got to be... That I don't really know what the protocols are, but there's got to be something in there to protect the, the yeah. teams. All right, but I guess outside of Rogers, um you guys happy with, with the draft otherwise?
1: For the Packers, I'm extremely happy. Yes, I think that... Agreed. And, and the, the problem <laughs> here clearly is everything I was just saying about Rogers and, and love and whatever else, like the roster for this coming year, especially after the draft, at least I'd say, and and hopefully Bakhtiari coming back somewhat soon. It's, it's set up pretty well, I would say. Um, and, and, but again, that hinges on Rogers and like if love, I I don't think love at least right now is going to bring the Packers to where Rogers could obviously bring them this year.
0: Right. I mean with Rodgers, the Packers are have to be the the clear favorite at at the very least in, the, in for the division, if not one of the favorites in the NFC. And without Rodgers, you know, who knows. Yeah. The Vikings are probably the favorite at that point because yeah. Kirk Cousins would somehow at that point be the best QB in the yep. division, assuming Dalton is on track to start week 1 still. But even if he does, I can't see it lasting too long. Yeah, I agree. But it's not like Chicago is is full of weapons for for Fields to throw to. Obviously, Allen yeah. Robinson is incredible, um, but Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, they're serviceable, but yeah. they're they're not you know you know tier one receivers by any means. Yeah. And then the Lions, I mean, they went from Stafford to Goff, and Goff's got nobody to throw the ball to. I mean, they've got. Barely even a true wide receiver, two on that roster right now.
2: I am, I mean, yeah, I'm a Packers fan, but I'm very concerned for Detroit and their yeah. fan base, so like what they have to watch this year. Like, I just, their offense, I just, don't I
0: know, know what's I know people there. love the new head coach, like, fan, fans sure. love the coach and his attitude and what he's, yeah, he's trying to do with the team. energetic. But in, unless a couple of these draft picks just smash expectations and, and Goff is able to, kind of like Rodgers does with all of his non Adams players, he makes them better by being Rodgers. Yeah. golf needs to do that with even lower quality players, most likely so the lions could be back to their, their heyday of, of you know, their Owen 16, one in 15 days. Unfortunately, you hate so to see like- it. You hate to see teams, professional teams be that bad for that long. Even if they are a division rival, it's just, it's just sad to see.
1: Yeah, and I I, uh, I, bought into the Tim Boyle fandom as a Packers backup, who is now the Lions backup. And there's a couple beat writers on the Packers that love him, and they they legitimately, and of course it's biased, but they legitimately are like, I think it's going to be a bigger comp- QB competition than people think of Tim Boyle and Jared Goff, which which that, why I'm saying that, is exactly what Neil said, it, it, or what I think my, my thoughts are the same what neil said of if we're having a tim boyle jared goff like debate already from some people and of course it's the internet but it just it just brings me to like what what's going on with the lions poor lions fans
0: oh i mean can you imagine bringing in goff and that (laughs) massive contract and then benching him for tim boyle
1: tim boyle yeah it's like it's uh i mean who knows? Maybe Tim Boyle will be the next. Russell I mean, if it's Wilson. the right move, well, it's, it's the right not. move, and you,
0: and you kind of have to do it. <laughs> right. But when right. when you get that much money involved, right, it becomes hard to put that kind of player on the bench, even if it's yep. the right choice.
1: I mean, it's kind of like it, this is this is far fetched, of course, but it's kind of like Russell Wilson. You know, after they, who did they pay? Um, oh, Matt Flynn, another pack, pack, Packer backup Packers quarterback. Seahawks so pay Matt Flynn, and then they're like, "Well, Russell Wilson's the guy. we're, we're gonna actually start him." And clearly, that in hindsight it, it, worked it out worked quite out. well for sure. And I don't <laughs> that, think Tim Boyle's that good, but that would be something.
2: A lot of people out there were very confused by the move to put Russell yeah. to start right away, but it worked yeah. out just fine. I think it definitely because they made they made back to back Super Bowls, right?
1: Yeah, they they I think they got blown out by the Broncos first. No, no wait. I think they they got they, blown out by the Broncos.
2: No, they oh, blew the Broncos me, yeah. out. The Broncos. Excuse me, yeah, and then which started with a safety. If I remember, was it like, yeah. wasn't like the first play of the game. Yeah, so like yeah. It, it went way over Peyton's head, and yeah, yeah. But then no. they lost to the Patriots on the interception in the red yeah. zone, and Marshawn laughing afterward. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and then that was yeah, that was I was switching the, the Broncos into the Seahawks around because then the next year is when Peyton the, won. the Broncos it's blew Peyton's, out the yeah Panthers. yeah yes. So so Pey- so yeah so that was so Broncos get blown out. And then a couple seasons later, win. But yeah, like Russell, yeah, to his credit, he he balled out. He he knew what he was doing for sure.
0: All right, we want to talk a little fantasy football, based on you know, obviously a few months away still before the season begins, um, the new eighteen game or eighteen week season, which will be interesting. Um, but just based off of draft picks. Uh, maybe some good landing spots for rookies, which current players maybe had their spots solidified or put in jeopardy. Go over some of those.
2: Yeah. Let's uh, pick a position. What do you want? What do you want to start yep, with here? Let's
0: do it. All right. I just kind of threw down in my notes, at least players just as they came to mind, but um, running backs, let's start with running backs. Cause there were a few, few veterans that benefited for sure and got their spots hurt. Yep. and some rookies that landed in some potentially good spots. First one I thought of was just kind of was Miles Gaskin with Miami, because Miami in general could be an offense to watch this this season. You know they get Will Fuller week two. Um, they've got um, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, who have both flashed. Mike Gesicki, and then um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Who did they who did they just get this year? Waddle, Waddle, Waddle yeah, yep, Jalen yeah. Waddle. Love him. Um, so I think the big question for the offense, at least, is whether or not. Um, Tua can take advantage of all the playmakers because <clears throat> he was very much a dink and dunk type player last season. But Miles Gaskin who kind of came out of nowhere out of that mess of a Miami backfield, they didn't take a running back. So he's, he's going into, into preseason at least as, as at RB one and he put up very good numbers pro real football and fantasy wise, you know um, he, he was a big part of a couple of my teams that ended up doing well. So anyone who believed in Miles Gaskin got to be breathing a sigh of relief that he is still that, that RB one, at least as of today.
2: Yeah, there are a couple teams actually uh, we can dive later into it. That didn't take a running back in the draft, which really helped the guys in the team. But yeah, like a guy like Miles Gaskin, if you had him in championship week of this last year, he really, he really came out for you. Uh, I, I remember playing against him in one of my leagues, put up like 30 some points against me I mean, so did Kamara, but that's that's another situation as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on top of Gaskin Tua was definitely a winner from the draft here as well because yeah, I, they either didn't take a quarterback or they didn't spend high draft capital one. I don't I'm sure if they took one on day three or not. I don't know if you guys remember. but when it comes to fantasy football, uh, I usually just focus on day one and two to see what the teams do as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, no uh if you look at Gaskin and if you are watch any of their games, he doesn't have a ton of those big plays, but he gets enough volume to keep churning and keep trying to get the positive yards going where he'll have a, he'll put out a nice day for you. Fantasy wise. And like you said, Hambridge, just like NFL wise for the dolphins. And maybe they saw that in him and that's what they realized. Like, you know, we don't need someone right away here because running backs in general, already have a short shelf life. So they realized they might have another year or two with Gaskin before they need to, you know, put a high draft capital on someone else.
0: Yeah. And they've got Sullivan Ahmed still who got a couple of starts when Gaskin got hurt and he was, he was at the at very least serviceable. So if they think that, you know, whether it's a straight split or a 70 30 type with Gaskin and Ahmed, you know, they both proved or showed last year, at least, you know, you know, doing it one season is one thing, doing it consistently and back to back is a, is another, but if they think they've got something with both of those guys, they, we're probably thrilled not to have to spend a draft pick on a running back, and we're we're able to address some other needs.
1: Yeah, I really think the Dolphins, um, after the draft, especially too, were a huge winner. I mean, they were ten and six, I think, last year, right? I think or so, yeah, something like that. And I think I think that people, and maybe maybe I just, I'm hoping for the best because I I like Tua a lot, but I think people were pretty harsh on Tua in the end. Like he he was just a rookie. Um, And and so I guess I hope that him as a player progresses and the dolphins as a franchise progress. Cause I think that they, I don't know, on paper, like, like you two are saying, they're set up really well. And I personally love Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to add a great, or he's going to be a great addition um, to the franchise as well.
0: I I really want them to, to unleash Tua. Like I keep thinking back to that, to the, to the Georgia championship game. Yeah. Through that, the game winner, that, that dart down the sideline like they've got Will Fuller now they've got Jalen Waddle let him get some of those throws they didn't really give him a lot of a lot of chances to do that yep. last season and maybe that was Tua just being uncomfortable maybe the coaching staff didn't quite believe he was ready for those kind of plays but when you've got playmakers at some point you know look at look at how Watson used used Fuller he just chuck it up and Fuller would, would either get behind the defense or he'd or he'd get, get a contested catch and at some point you've got to just trust your receivers to to make the yep. plays for you, and he's got the the weapons to do that with.
1: Yeah, and and I think that um, at, at least I guess I hope it basically what you said, hambone I hope that it's a second year, and that the fact that they'll it'll actually be a full normal, at least as normal as it can be this year off season for Tua is really going to help him, and that they and that they will let him loose, and I, I guess in the end, hopefully his hip and the injuries and stuff. Actually, like there actually isn't an underlying problem there. Yeah. Um, because yeah, he he, college football, like you said, that championship game he was so entertaining, he has so much talent. And and for whatever reason, I think the Dolphins probably because it's an an AFC team that isn't an NFC North uh foe. It like I really I enjoy him, and and probably also because they haven't been good in a long time. Like it was fun, it was really fun for me watching them compete last year, and I would just love to see that offense because. Again, on paper, they're 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 this the the sky's the limit with them and and I would love to see Tua just slinging it around all year.
0: All right, and sticking with the running backs, um not a rookie, but Mike Davis, who had signed with Atlanta in the offseason, he finds himself right now as as their unquestioned RB1 atop top, top to depth chart. And he of course filled in admir- admirably for CMC in Carolina last year. Now whether or not he can I mean, he basically did a full season um, last year with McCaffrey only playing, what, three games, I think. Um, and, I mean, he could be the, the focal part of the backfield of a potentially likely to be high-flying, ridiculous offense. Because they also, they did add Kyle Pitts at the fourth overall pick. So, we'll have Matt Ryan just slinging the ball to Julio, Calvin Ridley, and now Kyle Pitts. Should open up a lot of running lanes for Davis. And that if he can, you know, prove durable and, you know, stay consistently with the, whatever it is, 15 to 20 touches, 18 touches, he, he could be a, I think he might be getting overlooked on draft day when it comes down to it because he's you know not a sexy name like some of these other guys are. And he's never really done it as an RB1. He's always been kind of a, a fill-in guy, it seems like, when he yeah. has produced. But he, he could be a, a sneaky value.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I think... Um, well, I'm I'm glad you said that because I think that it was such a like a, a known pick almost with Kyle Pitts. I think that uh almost was overlooked, obviously with the Aaron Rodgers news and all the quarterbacks and and everything throughout the first round. I mean, Kyle Pitts seems like the most like just an absolute stud like he seems like the most um for sure bet that you could have taken in in the first like like up there with with trevor lawrence and people like that like that that dude is going to be really good i think
0: i mean if you if anyone watched any florida games last year like you just see this monster on the field like oh he's clearly better than everybody (laughs) else out there it's not even close anyone who knows football a tiny tiny bit even just knows what a good athlete looks like, can pinpoint. Yeah, that guy's really good.
1: Yeah, that guy's going to do okay in the NFL.
0: (laughs) So, like, talking to you guys about this is like a blessing
2: and a curse. I love talking about it, but we're all in a league together, which is always the tough part about it. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, what you said, like, I had Atlanta as the number, my, my second slot here to talk about Miami number one that didn't take a running back. The next thing to talk about was Atlanta. And, like you said, Mike Davis came out as a huge winner. who's is ito smith still on the team like who's this competition here
0: i i don't think so i saw it because gurley has gone he's done there like i saw it mentioned in a few articles but they were names that i just kind of just brushed off
2: no it was names like you don't recognize because (laughs) they're not relevant in that sense
1: the the backup running back at least as of now the depth chart of the falcons (laughs) Cordell patterson
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, and
1: so it, it's exactly what he's.
0: But you, know? you know who that is, you know, <laughs> Yeah. ex Viking, pride, pride <laughs> of Minnesota, right there. Oh, and and Quadre Allison. Yeah, but and, I mean, and of course Tony Brooks James, as everyone knows.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Neil's point. Neil's right. Basically, in the end, that that he's going to be the workhorse. You'd think.
0: At least have the first crack at it. I mean, who knows? They might end up throwing the ball sixty times a game with that receiving core because i mean if russell yeah, gage yeah. is your fourth best receiving option you know that's it's not, not a bad no, spot to be they're, they're set up to throw that much like they
2: i don't think they drafted a quarterback that high either like i said maybe they did later in, in the later rounds i just don't put as much focus on that but
1: no i don't think uh, so I think
2: like matt ryan's their guy like they gave him some more they didn't trade julio away like you said they got michael pitts like they're for Kyle Pitts, sorry. I think they're trying to um,
0: squeeze out every last bit of Ryan and they're just gonna do it by just outscoring everybody. They, they're yeah. they're gonna be well. in, involved in some, some shootouts this year. And yeah. the problem is Aaron Rodgers sees this and is just like, Why can't I get this?
2: Yep. Why yep. why yep. isn't For someone sure. bowed onto me like this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then also I I looking at their depth chart, I I think just because they were so bad last year, ever got Hayden Hurst. Uh, joined, joined the Falcons last well, year. Well, he, right?
2: they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So after this season, he's a free agent, which I assume they're not going to bring him back if they drafted Pitts.
1: Oh, good point. I'm I think, I mean, of, he'll still yeah, be I never, involved,
2: I but I, he just won't be involved in the future, is my guess.
1: I think, uh, not, not, I think, I know, um, I, my brain immediately went to, Hunter Henry with the two H's and I mistook Hayden Hurst for Hunter Henry there but uh, either way I think Pitts um, is going to be an absolute stud and I think the Falcons are are a team maybe not many people are thinking about that could potentially uh, just be slinging it everywhere around the field
0: yeah the NFC South is always fun and it's absolutely it's going to continue to be Yep. All right, Neil, let's see if we can keep up the, uh, the, the trend of uh, just matching up one-to-one here. Who did you have a team or player in your third spot for running backs to talk about?
2: I oh. uh, was sticking two teams that didn't draft a running back? That we? Oh, no, I thought we were, we're just,
0: going, just going running backs in general. Did you have okay. a third one that didn't take one?
2: Yeah, so I guess my third one was Houston,
0: oh. which
2: oh, has God. a whole nother, uh, other other problem. So I mean, yep.
0: Houston. Houston's going to be terrible.
2: So okay, they 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 yeah. signed Mark Ingram, cool, and uh, they have him and David Johnson splitting the load.
1: Which like, uh, David Johnson, looking back on it, had what one actual amazing year, and he's just living yeah. off of that. Seems he like he now. like
0: one transcendent year, right? And he's a couple very solid. And then and I, I think last of year he did good against
2: Kansas City in Week One, national right. televised yeah. game, and right. then after that <laughs> it was like not not much going on. Uh, but I think Houston ha- understands like they have a lot of other issues that they want to work through before they, you know, get a uh, a
0: uh, a workhorse running back on their team. Yeah, there. I feel like Houston, they're they're going to be basically a must-avoid team fantasy-wise this year. Oh, I think Stan. Yeah. Who would you we're, take from? That? We're definitely not the ones to get into the legal discussion and how that's going to play out with, with Watson. But from what I've read, it seems very unlikely he'll play this year, at least yeah. play for Houston. Like so they then did. they've got either Terod Taylor or um, who they take Davis.
1: Yeah, they Davis took someone. Small
0: Davis Smalls. Is that his name Mills?
1: Someone. Maybe Mills. Davis Mills. Is it Mills? I, got, I don't know Mills much about the guy from
0: Stanford. Um. And and Taylor is he's serviceable, but he's not going to elevate the players around him. Yeah. and Brandon, like Brandon, Teddy Co- Bridgewater, Brandon Cooks is not, is not the same Brandon Cooks. He's probably the only player that you can consider drafting. And even still, yeah. he's he's probably going to be a flex depending on the size of your league. Maybe just a bench player for bye weeks. Taylor could maybe be a two QB or super flex bye week fill in. Probably wouldn't even be a starter in those yeah. leagues, so it's from a real football standpoint and a fantasy standpoint, they're going to be a disaster. JJ's got to be furious. <laughs> got to get him out of there. What? Okay, what's his contract situation? On, Does anyone know?
1: He's on the Cardinals. What are you guys talking about? Oh, I oh, forgot yes. about that. We are. I was going to say like,
0: yeah. as soon as I said that, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I thought you were didn't with he? Us. <laughs> I yeah, was saying Jay, that in I my. Thought- and in my head, I was like, yeah. "I'm going to sound like an idiot. This is wrong. Well, I think I'm wrong."
1: I thought you were going. <laughs> I thought you were going with like JJ has to be thrilled that he's out of the situation. Let's say with that. And then you said that I thought you were messing with us.
0: Yeah, let, let's say that's what I was doing, but then I messed up on the punchline. Yeah, but no, he's got to be thrilled.
1: Either way, you had a good point. If he was still on the team, he had to be like, "What the hell is going on?" And now that he's not on the team, he has to be like, "Well, this is incredible. Like, thank God I'm not not stuck in Houston anymore."
0: Yeah. We even talked about that in an episode of several weeks ago. Yeah, probably. I, I, think we did. I don't, I don't blame you <laughs> though.
1: With, with all the, with how fast the NFL, like the news cycle turns over in the NFL, especially now with Rodgers and stuff. It's like that, that JJ news probably happened like like you said, like a month ago, maybe two months ago. And it seems, yeah. it seems like it happened like seven I, I years can, ago.
0: I cannot, unless it's like a team or a player that I really closely follow it's so hard to keep track of all the stuff that happens so far removed from the beginning of the next season. Cause like you, you see the news and then you don't see like practice reports or spring training shots or preseason games or anything like that. Just, Oh, what signs with Arizona and yep. you still have seven months until the season starts. you yeah. trying to make excuses. Say face here. That's all.
1: No, no, it, it's completely <laughs> true. Like that, that story it, when I'm thinking now of, of NFL, news stories that's not even close to breaking to breaking like the top five or whatever it might be
2: i mean we're focused on fantasy football this episode that's so, that it, yeah. it's a that's a pass for you that there, was man.
1: a good yeah neil saved you there him, appreciate the kindness, him. a lot
2: we, we, we don't play the uh, individual defensive not, person you
0: guys
1: yeah yep exactly
0: all right we should go on to to your your guy Najee harris Pitt, going to pittsburgh
2: Okay. I mean, what is there to hate about the guy? Like <laughs> he ha- he's going into Pittsburgh who essentially got rid of their lead back. Who is it? Oh, the team we were talking about Arizona. He went there. Um, no, I mean, it's just another Alabama running back coming into the league and unlike most a lot of Wisconsin running backs, uh, Alabama running backs produce in the NFL yep. as well. Um, no, I mean, he's got the skill set for it. He doesn't have much competition. Like gets, I said, he's got
0: like no competition. Absolutely
2: yeah. none. Um, yeah, I know Big Ben only has so many more years there left. Uh, once he's gone, it, it might make it more difficult for him. But the only, I guess, setback for him, I was reading up on it today, their offensive line, they,
0: they lost a few key pieces. So Yeah, pouncing, right? Yeah, yeah the that line, that's probably the biggest concerned. one. And then, and then big Ben, you know, if, if he, if he gets hurt again, if he gets hurt, or if he just does, doesn't have a great season again, he's got up and down last year. Mm-hmm. Then if teams don't necessarily have respect the past, like they used to have to do with him, they can maybe just stack the box.
2: Yeah. like no, I, th- I, yeah. I I think he, he's going to have the workload. It's just, I, I don't know if he's going to necessarily going to have like the Ezekiel Elliott or the Saquon Barkley rookie year type of uh numbers yeah. here. But I, he's he'll be heavily involved and he'll get the workload. It's just a a matter of what he's able to do with everything with what he's given, I guess on the front line there.
0: Yeah. I mean, he'll have every opportunity. Yep. And, and, you know, fancy football, half the battle is just getting, getting reps and getting touches. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, you, you can, you can, I mean, look at Melvin Gordon in San Diego. Yeah. Yep. He, he had some of the worst efficiency you'd ever see, but he would get a hundred yards and every single touchdown you can imagine. Cause he just got the ball so much. I was just going to compare to, uh, I guess Josh Jacobs two years
2: ago, his rookie year, I think it was similar, you know, where he got the full workload, but he never had these huge games, but he would have these games where he like two or three touchdowns and that would make up for everything then. And that was similar as Melvin Gordon. He's not the most efficient guy going to average over a hundred yards, but he's going to get, have these big touchdown games. Cause they're just going to keep feeding him whether it takes 3 times to get in the end zone or not until it happens.
0: Yeah, if you're going to get 80 yards and a touchdown it doesn't matter if it comes on one carry or, or 30 from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective, it's all all counts the same.
1: Yeah, I think in the end it it comes down to what I think you said at Hanbone of if they're going to if they if they're going to actually um, respect Big Ben throwing or not. Cuz I mean he has the receivers like Juju's back DeAndre Johnson just broke out last year. He had a great year, and and Claypool too. Like you'd imagine, he's only going to get better at coming into his second year. So like they have the receivers, Eric Ebron, right? Isn't that the tight end there? Yep, I think it is at least. Um, but but like they have people to, or Big Ben has people to throw to. So if they respect that, then you'd imagine that um, Harris will have some holes to run through and and hopefully have a good year. But. I guess we'll see. And, in the and end they should
0: if... have a good defense again, as always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if they, if they can, every year they just seem to, just seem yeah. they, can get, yeah. they can get a lead. Yeah, and keep no matter it, what. Or keep the game close. You know, that's always good from the running back side.
1: Neil, as a backers fan, hindsight, do you think we should have picked TJ Watt or. <laughs>
2: um, I guess. <laughs> 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 I mean. I, or, I wasn't expecting this question, but...
1: Or maybe just let Kevin King give up that touchdown at the end of the first half. Uh, that,
0: that was really demoralizing. One, I like that play.
1: Ambage. Don't say that.
0: All right, now how about... A, I got a few backfields where the incumbents maybe aren't as happy after, after the mm-hmm. draft. I'm looking at specifically Denver, Jacksonville, and San Francisco. I'm going to say Jacksonville is culprit. Number one with yeah. that situation. Yeah. Jackson, God, James Robinson was my guy. You know, as soon as they, they took Etienne, you guys have seen The Godfather, right? Sure. Yep. Sure. Is that a actual sure? Or you have I'm, uh, yes, I have seen it. <laughs> so the part, I'll watch it tonight if you if you really don't believe me. You're going to watch a three hour movie at this point. I don't believe you on that. I, mean, I might break it up to tomorrow but anyway but, but this the scene where, where where Don Vito goes look how they massacred my boy that's what I thought of for poor James Robinson oh
1: yeah okay after okay. they
0: took took Travis it's like I was Man, like where are you
1: going with this yeah okay the, the
0: dude just produced on a yeah. terrible team yeah like what are they 115 still put up massive numbers as a running back not even all through the air too it wasn't like garbage time. It was some garbage time, you know, receptions and, and yards at yards for that and touchdowns there, but a lot of it was on the ground. And that's tough to do when you're down quick every single game. Yeah. And I don't know if they were just doing a best player available or if if Urban Meyer doesn't trust James Robinson, or he actually wants to do this three headed running back attack, which sure go off Urban. Um, maybe it works for you it sucks from a fantasy perspective side of things I was looking forward to getting James Robinson everywhere I could this year now I don't want anything to do with him
2: so James just poured his heart and soul into that team like it's an undrafted rookie he did everything he could it was just the love of the game he he didn't have a big contract in front of him or anything and I I would find it hard to believe if Trevor Lawrence didn't play a factor into him because where where did Travis go to – where did he go to school?
0: Uh, I think he went to Clemson, if I'm remembering correctly.
2: And where did Trevor go? I believe Clemson as well. Oh, weird.
1: Good point, Neil.
2: Anyways, uh, I, I would find it hard to believe that that didn't play a factor and that Urban Meyer is saying that he would be a third down back while Carlos Hyde – and James Robinson play a
0: one-two punch. I yeah. When what world is <laughs> anyone going to believe that? Yeah. What? I mean, James Robinson was a perfectly serviceable pass catcher last year too. Yeah, by right. himself, yes. Like he had a three-down. No one wants Carlos Hyde in fantasy football. He just no one wants him in real him football. Away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Although first
1: um, <laughs> that was quite the shot
0: <laughs> was um was was Meyer did he coach. I can't remember what years they, they were. Did he overlap with Hyde at Ohio State?
1: I think so. Uh, I, mean, I, think, I think he had it.
0: I don't know. Like Carl Hyde's been in the league for a while. I'm wondering if Meyer was still at Florida at that point. Is he, uh, that's a good question. I want
1: to well, say Carl was
0: drafted in like
2: 13 or 14. Maybe even earlier.
0: But yeah, whatever, whatever it shakes out. I mean, Robinson and Etienne could by themselves be you know top 10, 12, 15 running backs if they didn't have each other's competition. Right. They'll probably both still have flex value, I'd imagine. You know, they're gonna, you know, Robinson has, pr- has proven that he can produce in any game script. Etienne's got that obvious explosive, you know, playmaking ability. And if Lawrence is even a percentage of what they're hoping he'll be out of the gate you know they'll they'll be in some games they'll be scoring some points and you know they'll both benefit from that but um it's going to be tough to trust either of them out of the gate yeah i mean they they send uh some wide receivers
2: here to kind of like scrap by uh at least uh they didn't put any high capital at the wide receiver position either and they've what? got really no i think they've got no tight end from a receiving standpoint at least yeah i can't even think who they were rolling with last year at tight end I have no well,
1: idea. While, you, while you're thinking about it, to back up, Urban Meyer became the head coach at Ohio State in the 2012 season, was his first one, and that was Carlos Hyde's junior year. So he had two years with him, 2012 and 13. Okay. Okay. And he had a great year, Carlos Hyde, 2013. So good you two. Good minds with you two. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. A-, a lot of connections going down in Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But yeah, Jacksonville in general is going to obviously – any team that ha- that's going to be starting the number one pick in the draft is going to be intriguing yeah. to, to follow yeah. as, as the season goes along, but that'll, that'll be a, be a good one within um, Denver kind of alluded to earlier. Melvin Gordon was entrenched as a starter there. Phillip Lindsay was off to dent goes off to Houston and then they draft Javante Williams. So, you know, we've seen two running backs be effective in fantasy before um, a little better situation in Jacksonville. Cause it's going to be two versus versus three. Um, but, but still not great for Melvin, especially as we talked about before that he's not always been the most efficient back.
1: I, I agree with that. I actually saw a tweet today from um, Monty Ball, ex-badger as well, saying if, if the Bronco, if the Broncos do land to Rogers and Melvin's there, Melvin's going to go off. And of course that's badger to badger, but it is, it is regardless of Rogers. It's an interesting, um, I guess, situation with Melvin Gordon. I'd say
0: last backfield I was I noted at least would be San Francisco now they're notorious for deploying multiple running backs being a fantasy nightmare and doesn't seem to be changing at least where things stand now assuming health for everyone and no last minute trade or anything like that with Raheem Mostert Jeff Wilson Jr. are still on the roster they also added Wayne Gallman then they drafted Trey Sermon this year so you know Mostert when he's been healthy, he's been dynamite. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, week one, how, how Shanahan decides to, to utilize that, that huge backfield. And if, if any, if any one of the guys can kind of separate themselves from, from the rest, or it's going to be kind of a committee all throughout the season.
2: Yeah. I think when it comes to draft day, for most fantasy teams, Mostert's going to be the first guy off that team. Uh, he won't be, high up on the draft boards so he'll be a nice value pick it just he has, there's a lot of uncertainty of what san francisco does because they seem to go through a lot of running backs especially in the last past years uh yet yeah, mckinnon is gone he's in uh kansas city i believe but it just seems like every year on san francisco someone gets hurt or multiple people get hurt and they kind of just go through multiple
0: guys every single year and then with the with the system they have, it's it's very running back friendly. That mm-hmm. if you've got a little bit of talent, you can jump in and produce right away. Um, but yeah, so if someone if someone does get a stranglehold in that RB one spot, they're probably going to be a pretty valuable fantasy asset. But it's just a matter of if that even happens.
2: I guess while we're on the San Francisco talk too, uh, they do have a new quarterback. You read my Wh- mind. Sorry. So, okay, there we go. We'll hop right into it. Uh, Are we thinking Jimmy G is still starting this whole year
0: or just going to start the year and then go from there? I think unless, unless Lance really impresses in, in the preseason, you know, in training camp and and the preseason games, whatever action you might get, I think Jimmy G is probably going to start the season off as a starter and then Lance, I feel like Lance will come in mid season at some point.
2: You think it's gonna be like a Tua situation with because they with the Dolphins and Fitzpatrick, they they were winning, and then they just decided to bring Tua in just to get them, you know, yeah, get, I, get the experience going. That
0: that was such a ridiculous scenario. The way
2: that happened, yeah, no one, no one wanted it to happen. No. Everyone, everyone in the nation loves Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they were winning games, and I get. The Dolphins wanting to do that, but I that, mean, I could wait until next season, and then yeah. they
0: would like pull Tua at the end of games to yeah. throw in Fitzpatrick because oh, and that's in that situation, you gave them a better chance to win. as As great of a job as Brian Flores did last year, those are some of the most baffling decisions that I I just can't wrap my head around. But yeah. I, I don't I don't see Shanahan making those kind of those same kind of decisions. I think, I mean, Jimmy G. He is. I feel like he is who he is at this point. You kind of know what you're getting with him. That the potential that Trey Lance shows, it's it's probably gonna be too tempting. You know, if they start off one and three, zero oh and four, maybe even two and two, might might be good enough that they're gonna throw him in. And if he's all he's cracked up to be, I mean, they've got a good stable of running backs: um, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, some electric players that San Francisco, along with Miami, if it all comes together as people, you know, as you might hope it, hope it could, they could be another really, really fun offense to watch this year.
1: Yeah. So I think going back, um, uh, going back a little bit here. So I think that that the decision to, to at the start of the season or a few games into the season, pull Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua was honestly shocking to me because it felt like to me, you're going to give Tua a year to sit and learn and develop and then get an actual off season under his belt this year. Like, like just do that. Let him recover from the hip injury. Like just say, you know, screw it. We'll see what happens this last year. And the fact that, uh, Fitzpatrick was playing so well, the team was rallying around him. They were, they were, you know, off to a hot start. Like just let it just, whatever, let him continue keep to me, I was like, let keep two on the shelf. Just let him heal, let him, you know, learn the NFL. Maybe put him in, I guess, at the end of games or something. So that that by itself, I was like, that was different. A, a, a different move than I was expecting. Though I do agree, Hambone, like he obviously they felt his ceiling was higher and, and better um to win games, of course. But I I, don't, I just couldn't believe that. But then so so then to change um topics. It it's interesting to me um, the Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur all kind of come from the same coaching tree, so to speak. So their offenses, offenses are somewhat similar. And the fact that McVay got to a Super Bowl and Shanahan got to a Super Bowl with Goff and Jimmy G, then Lafleur like clearly Rodgers is thriving in Lafleur's offense. I think if if Lance can live up to the ceiling and the potential that he has. The 49ers are going to just be unbelievable in in a couple of years. So, so I get, I think it will be, it will be interesting to see if they stick with Jimmy G and just say, all right, let's write it out one more year. Let Lance develop, let Lance learn and see what we have. Or on the flip side, I think like Neil said, if he's going to come in and just be like, all right, this dude's unreal. Kind of like maybe, maybe a Russell Wilson type of person in the first off season, like, all right, we got, we got to hand the keys over to this guy. I think they, um, the 49ers are, are really going to be fun to, fun to watch and kind of keep your eye on down the road here.
2: I mean, they really weren't that far off to begin with. I mean, yeah. two years ago they were in the Super Bowl. Like we yeah. should remember that. Uh, yeah. the boy, the boy they play. And,
1: <laughs> and they the, had all those injuries last year too. So that, I think exactly. all those dudes are coming back. Like it's going to be, they're going to be good.
2: Okay, Dirk, do you remember this? It was Jimmy Garoppolo had some. I would. I don't even want to call it an insane stat, but kind of like a sad stat of how many throws he actually made in that NFC Championship game.
1: I think it was eight, off the top of my head. I
2: yeah, because they just r- leaned so heavy like, on the what? run, where he it was like less than double digit attempts. I think. Yeah, from Jimmy. I, I'm that game, that pretty game was, positive
1: awesome. it was
0: Eight, <laughs> moster most just ran. Yeah, all speaking of most over yeah. the field, exactly. Yeah.
1: No, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was eight, eight throws. It was like, okay. And, and he win by like 25 points or whatever it was like, what?
0: That was such a weird game. <laughs> Wasn't great. Wasn't too fun. Oh, well, depends who you ask. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Um, another one. I've got a couple rookie receivers. Um, Jamar chase from LSU going to Cincinnati and Devonta Smith from Alabama going to Philadelphia. So I guess starting with Chase, he's he might you know slide right into that that one a receiver role with Tyler Boyd and then T Higgins. If Joe Burrow is back to 100, percent that's a formidable wide receiver trio could put up some huge fantasy numbers from all from all three receivers plus Burrow.
2: Yeah, I, unfortunately yep. for Tyler Boyd, I think he might take a slight backseat. Uh, with this, but Jamar Chase and T Higgins could form that uh, kind of that uh, with the Viking situation with Stefan Diggs. You you agree with me, Dirk?
1: I definitely agree with you. Yeah.
2: Okay. I think, but go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, I think also it goes back to um, maybe in a way about the the college connection, like Burrow and Chase and even like Tua and Waddle as well for the Dolphins. Like, Maybe for, for for those franchises' sake, you gotta hope that that connection is stays strong. Um, but I, but I do agree with the the Viking situation um, with, with Diggs leaving. Like it, it could work out the same way. I could definitely see that happening.
0: Yeah, and, and like you Neil, know, you mentioned with Boyd maybe taking the the back seat there. You know, depending how deep your league is, he's probably gonna provide flex value as well because um, they're probably not gonna be. Winning many games with defense this year absolutely so not. they're gonna have to be throwing the ball yeah. and if you've got it's Joe not a
2: it's not a slouch uh, division either
0: and if you've got yeah. Joe burrow throwing the ball to you and you've gotta be chasing points and and you're you've got defenses keyed in on Jamar chase and t Higgins it, yeah. it should or at least could open up some holes for boyd as well who's who's proven to be a very good player fantasy and otherwise. Um, so yeah, I think Chase and Higgins are probably gonna be the top two options there. Yeah. Um Yeah, for fancy players, but but Boyd will have value for sure.
1: Definitely, definitely. And sorry to cut you off, Ammon. I realized I didn't explain that well. I meant it in the same sense as Diggs leaving and Justin Jefferson, LSU receiver as well, just balling out this last year. I could for sure see that happening this year with with Jamar Chase, another LSU receiver, having just just a year that people, you know. I think people thought Jefferson was going to be a good player coming out of college, but not that good his rookie year. And I could could, at least
0: not that good that quickly.
1: Right, right. And I could definitely see, assuming Burrow, you know, just doesn't get absolutely pancaked every every single drop back this year, like last year. Assuming that he has some time to throw, I think Chase could really, really um, kind of jump out quickly for the Bengals.
2: I guess for the record, when I was referencing the Vikings, I meant the diggs Adam Thielen scenario with oh, uh, Chase and T. Higgins. I see. Um, but the way you described it, I guess that's with him leaving way. and Justin Jefferson hopping in, that that works as well.
0: Oh, but that's diggs, what I meant. Digs Thielen and Jefferson Thielen are both both are pretty pretty darn good. Combat, combat yeah, that's, they're both they're both yeah. similar. But I meant it whereas like the Bengals
2: could have two viable. Uh, wide receivers for fantasy purposes
0: that you could easily start and not think twice about. Yep. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. And then Devonta Smith, you know, looks like he'll be playing out of, out of the slot with Jalen hurts. And especially in PPR slot receivers can rack up points. Cause that's yeah. often the the easiest spot, um place to exploit in secondary. And Devonta Smith, I mean, if you just watched that championship game, the guy's incredible with what he can do after the catch and with the ball in his hands. So if he's getting seven, eight, nine targets a game, you know, not even just for a rookie receiver, he, he could be very valuable, you know, uh, set and forget it starter week in week out, maybe not right away, but he could, I could definitely see him developing into that as the season goes along.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that just helps hurts as well. You know, you, you know, he fantasy wise, when you're a running quarterback, obviously it elevates your floor, way higher and obviously increases your ceiling by a good chunk too and he kind of did it with some lacking weapons last year now so giving him a top tier talent it's only good it should unlock jalen hurts i think he could be maybe a surprise top five qb potentially when it's all said and done yeah jalen's one of those candidates to make that next tier step
2: kind of like lamar jackson two years ago with kyler Murray this year uh, he is that he's just one of those candidates to make that one. He has the rushing ability as well, which also seems to definitely play a big factor in the fantasy football area as well. Yeah. But yeah, just getting him those weapons as well, like with Devonte, it's, it definitely will make a big play, a big factor.
1: Yeah. I'm really interested. The, the one thing I'll say about that is that I'm in, interested, interested to see how Jalen Rieger and Devonte Smith, um, Work together because they're both they both are just extremely extremely talented, but they're both tiny. You know they're they're both s- small on the smaller side for receivers. With that being said, again they they both are so talented. You, you think it would be okay in the end, um but it, it's just interesting. I, I guess also Double slots. Yeah, big innovative. <laughs> exactly. Do it. And from the from a Packers fan point of view, like I know the Packers value like those bigger length. The lengthy kind of receivers, but kind of like you just said, Hamo, they haven't really had a legit slot threat since Randall Cobb left. So it's it's going to be interesting. I I've, I love both those guys, so it's going to be it's going to be a fun year for them. Hopefully, you think, especially if Hertz can break out.
0: All right, well that that cleaned up my my list. Any any other players or teams you guys had you wanted to cover? Uh, I have, go. You let's, let's let's Dirk. Let's you go first.
1: I I have one. Um, question slash scenario, I guess, for you for you two. I'm curious your thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson going to the Jets instead of Justin Fields, and just that how that played out. I'm curious if you think Zach Wilson, if the if the New York City uh, lights and media and fans and whatever else, if he's going to thrive under that, if he's going to fold under that, and if the Jets will be kicking themselves for possibly not taking fields because all, all things considered it it seemed like, uh, and we have no idea what's going to happen of course, but it seemed like fields for a long time was the consensus number two pick.
0: Well, I think anytime you put a a teenager into New York city, it's, (laughs) it's risky.
1: Yeah.
0: That dude looks so young. It's, he honestly looks like he's about 15 years old. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But how that many did, how many years did he have at BYU?
1: I think two. Was it I don't two? know for sure.
2: Because Is, isn't that isn't that
0: college football you have to play two years? Yeah, you have to be, have to be out of high school for three years. Okay. I so a, a pulled, lot of players will will red shirt play yeah, two yeah. and go to the Zappa. Yeah. I think that's what happened with him.
1: Um, but but even so, like you said, I had a bunny <laughs> looks like he's he came straight from senior year of high school.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, that that's an interesting um point to talk about because i'm not you know like many i didn't get to see a lot of zach wilson play last couple years because you know beating byu play a lot of west coast play a lot of late night games so i i caught caught a few maybe a four or five quarters total of his games last year and you know obviously you're not playing the toughest competition so it's You know obviously you can look at mechanics and you know how well he can read defenses how far he can throw the ball armor speed strength all that um but doing it from the mountain west conference opponents versus professional nfl players that's obviously going to be kind of the 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 tell-all you know of course um i don't really know what to say there um I personally probably would have taken the guy from the Big Ten, just just because you know the the track record is there and the competition level is is a little bit higher. But I don't know. Who knows what what their reasons could have been that maybe they didn't make public on what it was. But it seemed like it could have been could have been either guy. And then yeah, like you said Zach Wilson just kind of became the de facto. He's for sure the second the second pick, and to me, it just kind of was decided and then kind of for, just kind of never debated really after, after a certain point.
2: No, I mean, that's a fair point of the competition. I mean, you know, same could be said with Trey Lance as well. And then, you know, a guy like Josh Allen, who I think it was what university of Wyoming, I'm mm-hmm. from. Yep. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's end results of the both ends of that scenario where they work out and they don't work out, I guess another guy, Carson Wentz. I mean, he may what we see now, he may be going into the, the downturn of that direction. But you know, maybe he, you know, resurrects his career with the Colts there too. Uh, me personally, though, I definitely would have taken Fields yeah, over him. Down. But I don't. They they clearly saw something that
0: they liked better with Wilson. I, I I what it was, I don't know. But I mean, some of the some of the plays he can make are pretty ridiculous. Just kind of the the ability to extend plays and you know just scramble around and wait for someone to to come open or maybe throw somebody open um and so if they, if that can translate to the pro level not going to not saying that he's going to be mahomes but it's kind of mahomes like in in some of the stuff he's able to pull off um so maybe they think that that kind of natural instinct can can be coached up a little bit and you know developed into a into a pro game but i think the thing is he's got nobody to throw the ball to
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you can you can you can extend plays all you want. You can make tight throws and all day long. But if, they, got, they got Corey Davis, I mean, he had a great season last year. But that was as anyone's gonna benefit from having AJ Brown on the other side of the field.
2: No, I I think everyone wrote Corey Davis off the map until last year. So I think yeah. he
0: he he made out. You know, he he was encounters. always he was always that.
1: Well, and Derek on Henry, that list yeah. of
0: players to break out. Every well, he year. was a first. He was a first round, first
2: round wide receiver. Yeah, he was like the so number was ex- five
1: pick or something, wasn't he?
2: He was very high up there, so he's, it was always expected of him to do so. And the fact that he didn't put those numbers up, yeah, everyone wrote him off. But like, if he would have been drafted, you know, in the third round, no one would have th- thought right. about it. Like, oh, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing as a third round wide receiver.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and like, like you said, once, once, like Bill said, once he kind of got. Um, some 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 other people for defenses to think about like Derrick Henry, um, brought, like you know he had it was it wasn't just him, whereas now it's gonna it's gonna be him and a rookie quarterback so we'll see what happens but yeah I guess my thoughts I'm kind of with Neil I think I would have I would have adjusted Justin Fields and why why it's all interesting to me is because I felt like Fields up until maybe like two months ago was exactly what you said hambone he was like. All right, it's going to go Trevor Lawrence and Fields number two. We'll see. We'll see what happens after that. And then for whatever reason, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, it was like, oh, actually, Zach Wilson's going number two. And like those, I mean, it's the combine, so there's no rushers, there's no pads on. Yeah, I remember a couple t- clips on Twitter I saw. It's like, yeah, he kind of looks like Mahomes. He's he's thrown it incredibly well. Um, and and of course you would. Three of us who aren't even aren't even uh, beat writers or NFL insiders talking <laughs> about this—we have no idea what's going to happen. But it is—I think that storyline by itself is going to be interesting because it did seem like it was Wilson or Fields number two, and the other one was going to drop down to the Broncos or the Bears or whatever it was. So I think that those those two, I think it's going to be kind of fun to look back on differently, but sort of similarly to Mahomes, Watson, and. Our boy Mitch Trubisky c North.
2: <laughs> I would love to revisit the episode we did. I mean, maybe it was like two months yeah. ago. I think where we did made our yeah. uh, quarterback predictions. I'm pretty sure I had. The, what did I have the Jets doing? I think I had them trading for Deshaun Watson, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, it's hard yeah. to remember that. But and I also remember I had the Panthers were in the
0: mix that one, somewhere. That one didn't
2: age did. really well. Oh no, no <laughs> yeah, it, not. It, it, it aged very
1: poorly. <laughs> <laughs> also, I I looked it up and. So so Wilson, uh, we all were kind of on this on the right uh, uh mindset here. He didn't redshirt in the end. He played his freshman year in 2018 for BYU. So he played three years in the end. Um, but same same mindset or same uh sort of mindset of he could have redshirted, I suppose, but he he's yeah, was a junior this last year, and we'll see what happens for the Jets.
0: Probably not a lot of good. <laughs> him bone. Him
1: bone. I,
0: mean, I mean, unless unless he is going to be Mahomes out of the gate, yeah. there it's nothing against him. And it's even just, Mahomes, there's, sat too. There's really him. nothing for him to work with. To, yeah. I mean, I'd say getting going to six and ten would probably yeah. be a success. Sure. I
1: mean, I mean, it. It. it
0: I, I think if, if they're 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 going to be looking for him to make consistent strides. Yeah. Throughout the season. You know, is he significantly better from week one to week eighteen? Yeah, and and that's how they're gonna have to have to evaluate how the season went because it's not gonna be based on on wins or playoffs unless something really clicks or goes way wrong in that division.
1: Yeah, it seems to me, um, at least on paper, the Mahomes comparison yeah. on paper again is a little closer to Fields, where like he got he got picked last out of th- these top quarterbacks this year. Um, and he potentially is going to sit for a year behind a veteran quarterback that isn't going to be around. like Alex. It had to be Alex Smith, right, for the Chiefs? Yep. And then um, Andy Dalton potentially for the Bears. And then next year, he's going to just take the league by storm. I super, 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 super hope I'm wrong because I do not want that to happen to the Bears, but I could definitely see that happening.
0: With you there. With you there, 100%. Any, any last points to go over before we finish out with a hey, hamburger. here. Yeah.
2: One more quick one, which we didn't touch on. We touched on the Packers draft, but your thoughts on the Vikings draft. We Ooh. did not touch on that.
0: I'm happy. We, we addressed the positions we needed to address. I wouldn't, we had so many picks. I, I wouldn't have minded us seeing us try to maybe trade up for a quarterback, but there's really only the the three or four that you would want. Um, so it might, it might have been a little out of the question. I know there there's some talk coming out in the last few days that it that we were maybe trying to see if Fields was going to keep dropping. It might have taken him if he if he did fall. Oh, but that God, was probably my. a bit of Should a pipe have. dream. But um, I think they did inquire about trading up. Now, I don't know. I think it was Courtney Cronin, the ESPN beat reporter for the Vikings, that reported that they asked about trading up to see what it would take, but didn't necessarily say which teams they, they – so they they spoke to, um, but you know we got some line help, got some defensive help. We'll see we'll see what happens. You know if I think we're probably just by default gonna finish second in the division, and then if Rogers does get traded or sits out, we'll probably be the the favorite just at just as is, um, and because Kirk Cousins will shockingly be the best qb in that division at that point <laughs> um but yeah we got some took a first round lineman who's people seem to like as a pick um some linebacker helps secondary help pretty happy yeah you know no i there mean were, there were, were... no there were, there were no real flashy picks but that's not really what we needed we didn't you know we've got jefferson we've got cook we've got um Thielen, you know irv smith could break out um so we've got we got some pieces. So we didn't we didn't not like we needed to be looking for uh, a stud receiver or anything like that to kind of push over the top. Yeah. We we just kind of had to solidify some some holes there a little bit, and I think we are on the way to doing that. So we'll see how it shakes out come the come week one.
2: Yeah, you did grab a, you did grab some pieces early that were needed. You did yep. grab a, also a quarterback early as well. Oh yeah, I guess what what Kellen I Mond. know.
1: Yeah, what do you think?
2: So he's a four year starter, I think, at Texas A and M as well. What
0: I guess what are your thoughts on him?
1: Was he Robert Griffin the
0: third thinks he could surprise some people? So take take that Uh, as you will. Um
1: he do you know he was second or third? He was pretty early. Third. Third, third, yeah. We didn't
0: we didn't have a second round pick. He was was third round. Okay. Um the the third QBs are so weird. Obviously, if you take one in the first round, you're expecting them to start within one, two, three seasons probably, depending on your current situation, and any QB after that, it just kind of like a, it feels like a hope and a prayer, pretty much. Like Tom Brady going in the sixth round is just an anomaly. That's not going to happen. Yeah. you know, Russell Wilson going going in the third even is is kind of rare that someone drafted then become as good as he has turned out to be. Agree. So. If he becomes anything more than a backup, it's probably going to be a surprise. But you never know. People, you know the different reports have said you know he's got some some of the skills and the tools that just kind of hasn't all coalesced together. So if he gets thrown into position where he's got to play, whether you know it's cousins gets hurt or whatever the case may be, he just or cousins just is terrible and we need to make a change. It sounds like there's potential there, but no one's really banking on it turning it into a. Solid, you know, top level starter in the league.
2: I guess as a Vikings fan, are because like you said, you, there's no guarantee of what he'll be. Are you hoping it's a kind of the next successor of Kirk Cousins? I mean, they're they're two totally different type of quarterbacks as well.
0: I I, I hope not because if that's who we were looking for, we should have made a much stronger effort to take someone earlier than to take a prod a project player in round sure. three as our, some was someone that we're kind of pinning our future on. Um. So I mean, who who knows, who knows what they're thinking? I feel like if they were in that state, unless they just really liked him in, in the front office there, they probably could have taken another lineman or defensive back, something like that, that position and gotten Mond later or gotten a comparable quarterback later on, if they wanted to take a QB somewhere. Um, Or maybe they just think he's going to be a valuable backup. And as you've seen, that can be a very important position. Um, Having a, having a solid backup QB can be extremely valuable. Not that you want to use, not that you want to have to be in that position to use your backup, but if you do get shoved into that scenario, you want someone you can rely on, but it seems like a weird thing to draft for, especially in round three. So I don't know. It's, not, it's not like a weird place to take a QB, but you know, we'll see how it turns out.
1: Yeah. I think that that last part um, of what you said is it, it, it's exactly what I thought a weird place to take QB because it, I mean, your whole, your whole explanation is exactly um, how I feel about it, but to back up or, or I guess to, um, Talk more about their the whole draft i thought the their original pick uh or however you say his name uh-huh. i thought that was that was incredible because they christian yeah because yeah, i i saw some mock drafts of the packers and like i didn't i didn't um follow the draft from like a, a an every team mock draft standpoint i was obviously just looking at the packers writers and stuff but people on the Packers were like, if we can somehow trade up and, and get this guy for an offensive um, lineman, he's going to be, or he would be an incredible pick. And people were saying after, I saw that, of course, the Vikings take him. And I wasn't as high, or I didn't know as much about this guy as, as I did last year. As, as you two know, I was obsessed with Justin Jefferson and the Packers last year. Of course, the Vikings take him. But this year it was like, oh, I, that dude sounds familiar. And I look him up afterwards. And I'm like, oh, pe- people, the Packers and just in general, there's a lot of people saying that this dude is going to be the best offensive lineman in the draft and that the Vikings were going to take him with their original pick before, because they traded back with with uh, someone, right?
0: The Jets. Maybe. Yeah, they, they traded down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So people were saying like they were going to just take him with the original pick and they it worked out. They got him with the, the later pick in the first round. And so I think that that by itself, my long-winded, explanation now that by itself that answer or that uh pick is i think that's great because i think that you saw mahomes most talented quarterback in the nfl right now um you know he's, he's not even like take rogers out of the equation not even going to talk about that debate but mahomes running around for his life in the super bowl this year like they chiefs you know traded and are upgrading their offensive line and now the vikings took a rookie offensive tackle that presumably is going to be an absolute stud. So eventually when they move on from Kirk cousins or even for Kirk cousins, like this, like, I think that pick by itself is, was really, really, really great for the Vikings.
0: All right. So I think that'll finish up our, our draft and fantasy talk, at least for now, I'm sure we'll be revisiting that to some degree as the season approaches. Uh, But we'll then move into Hey Hambridge for this week. What do you guys got for me today?
2: I can, uh, fire it off here. What? Okay. Not what? Okay. Hey, Hamage. Are you the person that likes to sing in the shower? If yes, is there a certain song that is number one on your list to sing in the shower?
0: Um, maybe you're a Hummer in the shower.
1: Great question.
0: Um, typically not a singer in the shower. That's like oh, yeah. more. Yeah, what? Yeah, I I'm more of just a a deep thinker. Like what? Get, what are you, what are you doing in, in
2: there? Clean. Because no one no one has out. a blank thought in the shop.
0: You don't think about anything. You don't sing. You don't. I mean, not like consistently. I kind of think about the day or maybe what's coming up or whatever it might be. But it's not like I have a consistent topic or whatever you want to call it that I that I go to. Are you
1: messing with us? I am not. You don't ever like maybe put like a music, like a song on your phone or bring your computer in or anything in the in the shower and listen to some tunes?
0: Usually not. I don't I don't typically take very long showers. So, it but even just like a I, three minute,
1: you know, it's yeah, efficient right in and out. I has other things to do for,
0: for me. I've, I've right. never seen the point to that. If I'm going to be in the shower for like five minutes, why, why listen to a song and a half during that time? That's just me, though. Yeah, sure.
1: That you take a minute and a half showers?
0: That's not That's not close to what I said. He but, said, but you know, a song a, and a half.
1: Oh, I just heard the half part. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Regardless, I would, I would disagree with that. I one song in the shower, Hamoon. If you're especially like back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but back when you're like twenty two, you know, getting ready for the night, you got to turn up a little bit in the shower.
0: Oh, well, in, in those situations, you know, if I'm if I'm in a spot where I'm having a shower beer, there's probably yeah. music playing in the apartment anyway. So it's not like I'm I'm actively choosing that I'm going to listen to music while I'm in the shower. So there's music already on. Okay. So and that is just probably whatever's on that playlist. So I'm not necessarily choosing something to to sing to. Okay. And even then, that, I'm That's usually fair. not singing.
1: Well, OK, fair. Neil, what's your go-to song in the shower that you sing?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm actually a as hand, bitch. I don't sing in the shower. I just wanted to see what he would say though, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a, yeah. Uh, have those deep thoughts and like my best ideas come out and then I forget about them 10 minutes later. Classic.
1: What's, what's your best idea that you two can remember from the shower?
2: Uh, if you weren't listening, uh, no, no, I forget my that, best that, ideas that you, every that time. You,
1: that you that you can there has to be one that you can remember. Wow, talk about anaclimatic. Unbelievable. There's a Reddit there's a Reddit sub called shower thoughts that people type in their best ideas, I think. Can't say I've really gone to it too much, but maybe got this part out of hand. Eh. We'll see.
0: <laughs> All, All right. right, Let's move on to hey, yours. Hey, hey, Ambon. Yep.
1: What's your favorite sandwich?
0: Um, Can I count like takeout, like sub sandwiches? I'm talking your go-to.
1: Oh, I would love a sandwich right now. The one sandwich that is always hidden. That you know... When you need a sandwich, you're like, that one is going to be good.
0: Well, I don't eat a lot of sandwiches at home.
1: That's fair. But that, then that, you know, but on a Wednesday for lunch or whatever, you're like, I need a sandwich. I'm getting this.
0: I mean, chicken salad. You can never go wrong with chicken salad. BLT with no tomato.
1: There we go. All right. That, wait, a- wait a second. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Yeah, just a little BL. What are you talking about ham bone. I don't. I don't like tomato. <laughs> but give me that bacon, lettuce, mayo, and I'm and you're golden. Okay. Okay. Continue. Um. Actually, I just had a, had a sandwich sandwich for dinner tonight. Was um, it just a piece of bread and some? Yeah, mayo you just
2: say it? you don't usually have sandwiches. What yeah. Do you know oh, you I, have said I don't. For yeah, dinner I, tonight. Said I
0: don't, <laughs> eat, a, I said I don't like, eat a lot. It's a lot like of you have conflicting thoughts.
1: information
0: yeah, we have going is on. Not this is the uh, first. This is the first sandwich I've eaten at home, oh, besides in, yesterday. Probably, and the day before. probably. Over, oh, what a coincidence! Outside, outside of today. like Jersey Mike's and Firehouse, those type of sandwiches that so I you eat sandwiches eat a lot at home. I don't like make sandwiches at home. This is the first one I made in easily over here.
1: Was it a BLT? Hold the BLT. Add some mayo and just some bread and <laughs> mayo on
0: it. No, it was. Just kidding. Um, that was rude. It was, it was <laughs> some <laughs> salami. <laughs> Salami, prosciutto, and bacon, some provolone cheese, that that pesto, sounds tasty, and some um, cilantro.
1: That sounds incredible. Did you make it? There you go. I did. I would love, Neil. Let's put that on the menu. Uh, I, I need. Maybe we need a ham bone sandwich. Did
2: opener. you side little little a one a question here? Yes. Did you, yes. Uh, I have a one b. Did you eat
0: it full? Did you cut down the middle or cut oh, the egg now? Oh,
1: good question.
0: Um, I did. I did not cut the sandwich. I just just ate
1: it full. That's fair. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now, one B, what is your favorite condiment for the for a sandwich? Definitely not tomato.
0: Well, it's also not a condiment.
1: So let me rephrase. Well,
0: yeah. 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 uh, Poor choice of. uh, Yeah. Let me
1: rephrase. (laughs) Well, actually, I I do take it back. I want to know your favorite condiment, but I also want to know your favorite topic which is definitely not a tomato.
0: Favorite condiment. Uh, I like, I like pesto a lot. It doesn't go with everything, but it's very good. I agree. Mayo, mayo you can, re- can really put on anything. It's pretty universal. It's, yeah. It's, it's very, very adaptable to whatever you, whatever you want. You can't really go wrong with it. I know a lot of people hate mail and, you know, I guess I get that. But for me, whether it's, you know, turkey breast sandwich or you, or you got bacon, you got some salami pe- pepperoni, whatever you got on there, it's mayo is going to be good on that. Um, but I'm, I'd say, I'd probably say pesto. You get a good pesto spread. Um, topping. So would this be outside of like meat and cheese? Yes. Like what additional stuff would you, would you go for? Exactly um man i i really like onions i had yes. onions on the sandwich on the sandwich tonight too that was the last last little piece
1: onions of rock over, they're
0: they're delicious
1: it, it's a great addition to any type of sandwich
0: yep yeah i went through a stretch i would be about 15 or so maybe 12 to 15 where i would anytime i went somewhere like a sandwich place or someplace i would get extra onions
1: fuck yeah good job oh that's
2: nice i mean i mean i feel like a lot of times when you're i guess in that age or even younger it's usually like all the kids like hate onions type of thing you just order an extra one time they're delicious All right, my second and last one. It is kind of a 1A, 1A, 1B follow-up question here. Okay. What is your favorite gas station slash convenience store snack? Mm -hmm. And what also is your go-to road trip snack?
0: Okay. Convenience store
2: so that's so, a yeah you're Do, quick filling you're quick filling up you're in yeah, you're I, in the I under, minnesota i understand
0: i understand the concept
2: <laughs> <I> just,
0: <laughs> you,
1: got a,
2: you had a very confused face going on here it's, i was going I will to say I was, you
1: did you definitely <laughs> did
2: i was like i can
0: explain this different way does it have does it have to be food or could it be some sort of like drink uh, no,
2: no. Yeah. It can be a drink. What well, I guess what, let's say you're, you're filling up quick. You're at home in your hometown, filling up. If you need to, if you want to go grab something, what's something you usually grab and then the same this for a road trip. What is like, what's something you typically grab when you're driving? I don't know, two plus hours. to have with you.
0: Okay. Um, lately I've been getting these, like not all the time. But if I, if I get something, when I get gas, this is what I'll get. It's, um, they're basically like brownie bites. I think they call it like mini muffins, but it's in like a, like a cup.
2: Oh yeah. They're in like the slushy cup. Yeah. Basically. basically. Yes. And
0: it's, and it's like six or eight, just like little brownie bites. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, this is, this is really the only time when I, when I would ever get a slushy anymore. I, I mean, I used to just crush those growing up, you know, summertime biking over tennis camp, pick up like a 32 ounce slushy for the for quick quick snack there that was always good quick snack um, what,
1: f- what flavor slushy
0: usually like a, the, whatever if they had a cherry one any any cherry flavor whatever just just cherry or cherry fanta whatever it might have been uh or or if they had like a blueberry one those are pretty good or or the mixture can't go wrong there um it's like a road trip play it careful on road trips because if I if I know I can stop for a bathroom anytime I need it then I'll probably get like a I'll just go like an old standby like a Mountain Dew. But if I'm not sure or I know there's a long break in between like actual rest stops or like areas where I would have a place where I could go to the bathroom I needed to, I'll probably get I'll probably just have like water. Or or something with with not, not a lot of sugar or caffeine in it. No, I mean that's fair.
2: On the long road trips, so you don't want to
0: make the multiple stops. I don't I don't mind stopping. It's the uncertainty of being able to stop and use an actual bathroom. Sure.
1: Okay, that's fair. What about strictly strictly food on a road trip? Fast food, food. What's your go-to?
0: fast food um, I'll usually get whatever's close when I get hungry now if I have choices um, so like I don't eat a lot of McDonald's I I think it's very overrated but if I'm on a if I'm driving somewhere and I need to eat and that's the only place or it's it's that or other places I don't like as much i'll I'll go to mcdonald's you know just fine but um i would do like my my hierarchy of of fast food you know culver's burger king wendy's if i'm in a spot that has like an in and out or like a local place that that i don't usually get at around home i might i might choose that to try something different um i'll go to a and w if if that's out somewhere because if there's one of them all of america but it's not super convenient to pick up food to go there necessarily um so if if that's in the area where i'm driving i'll usually go there just because i don't i rarely eat it um but there's no like special road trip place that i go that i wouldn't otherwise go to
1: okay that's fair
0: all right. Well, that'll do us for Hey, Hambit, which will then, of course, close out the episode. Um, if you're not subscribed, be sure to hit that subscription button anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there. I can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Gnome Boys Pod. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambit, and we'll see you all next time.